Girlfriends, episode number 93, Improve Communication in Your Marriage. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we're talking about communicating in your marriage and how you can get better at understanding your spouse and being understood. More love in your marriage starting right now. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here for another week. Happy new week. It's Tuesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. I usually record on Monday mornings, but I'm behind this week. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm doing all right. Um, I've been traveling a little bit, and I guess that's why I'm behind. I've been sick a little bit. It's been a crazy time. I feel like I haven't really uh, hit the ground after my recent trips, and I have more coming up. So um, try not to get too settled in. <laughs> anyway, this past weekend, I was in Wichita, Kansas. Hooray for Kansas! You know, I love Kansas. Uh, it, it actually, it, it always amazes me. I'll never forget the first time I went to Kansas. Um, Lindy, if you're listening, that first time I went to Kansas. And um, this wonderful lady, Lindy, I've been to her church now twice, but, you know, flew into the Kansas City airport and then just drove and drove and drove and drove through nothing. It was so weird for this girl from New Hampshire, New England, where there's like a tree every couple of feet, you know, I'm used to stuff around me. And so the landscape was very different. I'll never forget that feeling of like, I am on another planet. But um, I've been to Kansas several times since then. And I just love the people there. And the church is alive and well in Kansas, in Wichita. Um, I was there for a Together in Holiness conference, which is a marriage conference this past weekend great group, met a lot of great people. It was really a wonderful experience. Um, I even met a couple of guys who admitted they listened to the Girlfriends podcast, okay? They they said it under the, well, sometimes I listen and I pass it on to my wife, but you know what? Hey, welcome guys. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and I'm glad you admit to me that you listen to the Girlfriends podcast because, you know, I think this is just, um, you know, of course I'm talking to women most of the time here, but Men are welcome. And I really, you know, we have our, our friend David who uh, checks in now and then and gives us some voice feedback and offers that male perspective. And I think that's very helpful. And one thing I've been planning since I started this podcast was to have my husband Dan on the show sometime. And we've never had a man on the show. Um, so that would be very interesting, don't you think? Let me know if you're interested in that. Maybe I should do it for like episode number 100. I'm at 93, so seven weeks from now, oh, that's like Christmas. I don't know. I'm not making any promises, and Dan doesn't even know I have this plan, so <laughs> he might not want to be on the Girlfriends podcast. Anyway, um, if you're interested in that, maybe let me know what are some of the questions you'd like for me to ask Dan if I have him on the show and uh, have an interview with Dan on the show. That might be actually really fun to do. Um, but yeah, send me, send me your emails, danielle at daniellebean.com. Let me know what you're interested in hearing if I were to have Dan on the show. Okay, so you know what? I decided that this week we need to have a fitness check-in. Yeah, sorry, girls. We need to have a fitness check-in. I need to have a fitness check-in. Like I mentioned, I've been traveling a lot and I was sick. 
And so I am a big squishy mess and I have been completely out of my workout routines, which is very much unlike me. I don't usually go more than a few days without getting back into my routine. Well, um, between travel and then being sick last week, honestly, I had a stomach virus that nobody else in my family got. And why? I don't know. It doesn't seem fair. And it lasted so long. Even after I wasn't like, you know, I was actively sick and not able to eat anything for a couple of days. But even after that, I just like, it really affected my appetite, like for an entire week. And that left me feeling weak. Like I thought the last thing I should do right now is go for a run or lift some weights. I didn't feel healthy and strong enough to do that. Um, But I am feeling better this week. So I am publicly declaring that I'm going to get back into my fitness routine. Even though I have some more travel coming up, I usually am able to, you know, keep up some semblance of uh, physical activity, even when I'm, even when I'm on the road. So I am planning to get back into it today. It is pouring rain out. I'm sitting in my car. I don't know if you can hear the rain, but uh, maybe I'll run in the rain today just go for a basic run, get myself started again. Um, Where are you at with your fitness? A lot of us started, you know, in the fall with our new routines. I heard from some of you who were starting new fitness routines or really getting serious about um, eating healthier and taking care of your body with the fall season. How are you doing with that? Let me know how you're doing. Check in with me. And if you've fallen off track, Join me this week in getting back on track. Um, I'd love to hear what you're doing and how it's going. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or send me that voice feedback that I love through Voxer or at daniellebean.com. Click that tab. Super easy. I'd love to get you on the podcast. Let me know what's going on with your fitness lately, your health and fitness. Um, Give me your guilty confessions or brag. Let me know how it's going for you. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we get into today's topic is I realized last week that I am not Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Okay, I'm not. I realized this. And the way that I realized this um, was, okay, so our parish is located in a city. I mean, not a big city. We don't have those in New Hampshire, but a city. And it's a city that... and you know, has some seedier parts of it. And, and our parish is located in an area where some of these people who maybe have drug problems and that sort of thing are hanging out. Um, anyway, I've run into this and, I, and it's been in sort of an increasing thing. I've been running into it, it when I'm taking uh, my daughter, Gabby, who's 14 to a youth group, which happens on Wednesday nights. And so I, I bring her over there and pick her up later in the evening. Anyway, this particular uh, night, I had in my mind the fact that our one of our youth ministers at our parish, who is awesome, shout out to Seth. I don't think he's a girlfriend's listener, but I'm going to let him know he got a shout out this week. Anyway, um, he and his family are in the process of buying their first house, and they are moving right there near the church. And one of the things that he said was motivating their move in that particular area was he feels a real call to to live among the poor. And it's not like they're they're moving into you know a terrible place, like it's a cute little neighborhood and a nice house and everything, but it is a, a place that I. I wouldn't move into um, because of, well, I love our country living in the way that we live outside of the city, but for a number of different reasons. Um, And so I was really admiring that 
choice and that that principle on that family's part. Um, and I had that on my mind. Okay, so that's in the back of my mind. And I dropped Gabby off for youth group. And then I was like, you know, making my way out of the parking lot. And Wednesday nights at our parish happened to be busy because we host in our gym, um, I think it's called Hands Across the Table. So it's it's a number of different churches, including our church, um, some Protestant churches and others in the area who get together and you know put on a meal for the community, just free meal that they put together every Wednesday night and it's available there in the gym. So it's very crowded. Like everybody's, you know, people are, are coming in to help make the meal and people are coming in to have the meal. And anyway, as I was driving through, um, I, I, there was like a big crowd of people that I was kind of working my way through in my car and they were, um, I don't know how to, how to describe this. These were people who obviously were poor. Um, uh, some of them, you know, might've been on drugs. Um, I, you know, this is all me completely judging people based on their appearances. Okay. And I, I wasn't like actively making these judgments, but I, I realized that my initial reaction in that situation was thinking, are my car doors locked and I need to get out of here? I need to get away from these people. How Mother Teresa of me, you know? <laughs> and I really chastised myself for the rest of the ride home after having that like initial involuntary response to being in that situation. And um, I thought to myself, like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, I would give great lip service to serving the poor and volunteering. And I've certainly done those kinds of things. And yet, faced in that in that particular situation in that moment that was my visceral response like I need to get away from these people and it's like the opposite of what I had just been admiring in this young family that I was talking about um so it was a real pause like a real cause for reflection for me and I don't know if you've ever experienced things like that but you know I felt like my actions and my attitudes weren't lining up with what I would say my values are and I need to work on that. I need to fix that. I need to make strides in the other direction. And I'm not sure exactly what that would look like. I don't know. But I need to fix that. And I, I guess I need to pray about it and think about it some more. And maybe I need to be there volunteering at that particular event. I don't know. But I, I, it is something that I want to address. And anyway, I wanted to invite your comments and, and your thoughts about that. You can you can write and tell me I'm a terrible person for having that reaction. Um, I, I deserve it. Um, but Or you can write and tell me about your own experiences, or maybe you have a suggestion for me. I, I would love to hear your advice and your thoughts about how do you balance that? Like serving the poor and also, you know, in the back of my mind is a real like thinking about safety issue, you know? Um, Okay, here's another example. A, a woman that I love and know and have admired for years. She's a, a little bit older than me and her kids are out of the house. And she recently shared with me that she began um, a prison ministry. And I thought, okay, so what, you joined like a, a program at your church and you're going to visit like women in prison? And no, what she's doing is she's going into the men's prison and talking to them about Jesus, like by herself. Um, and my first response was like, well, I didn't say this to her. I mean, I think it's great that she's doing this. And she actually said it's it's bearing a lot of fruit in some of these these men's lives. But um, my husband would never let me do that, like completely would not let me do that out of a sense of, you know, protectiveness and wanting to keep me safe. And how do you balance those things? I, I don't know. And I guess probably the balance looks different for every person. Like, obviously, she's 
fine doing that. Or maybe she's not fine and she's just, you know, pushing herself outside her comfort zone for, for good reasons. Um, but anyway, this is something that's kind of been on my mind. Like, how do you find the balance between those things? And especially, you know, when you're a mom, like my number one responsibility is to my own home and family and, you know, the the work that we're doing here in this house with the people and the, the souls that God has given us to care for. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not meant to be doing other things, too. That doesn't mean we're not meant to be serving God's people in other ways ways, even in ways that make us uncomfortable, even in ways we would never personally choose. Um, so anyway, that's on my mind. I'll, I'll share with you as I kind of work through this in the coming weeks. But it's something I've been thinking about and praying about. And um, I'm not sure what I need to do differently. But I, I do have a definite feeling that I need to do something differently with regard to that. So anyway, send me your thoughts, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right. This week, we are talking about marriage. And this is because in Wichita, I gave a talk about marriage, which was fun. I got to talk to just the women. And then I got to talk to the men and the women together, which is always a lot of fun and um, a lot of opportunity for humor and sharing stories. And um, I always love that kind of getting together with other people that share my faith, um, who also share the reality of life and how it's hard sometimes. And marriage is hard sometimes. Let's not fool ourselves. Um, but I thought as sort of a positive way of, of talking about marriage today, we could share some ideas for ways to improve communication in your marriage. Because this is where it's all at, right? I mean, if you're not communicating well with your spouse, it's not going well. Um, you're not on the same page. It feels terrible. You're disagreeing and it causes conflict. And so really, if we can improve communication, I, I think we can go a long way toward building up healthy marriages. And this is something I've been working on. Oh, let's see, 23 years now. <laughs> so I don't exactly have it all figured out. Not perfect at this yet. But I, I do have um, six different things that I want to share that I've kind of observed about communicating in marriage um, that I think might be helpful. Okay, so my first tip for improving communication in your marriage is make your expectations clear. Okay, this is for us ladies, because we are the queens of hinting, or we are the queens of passive aggressive behavior. Um, you know, if you want your husband to volunteer to pick up the kids from soccer, I mean, that would be great if he just did that spontaneously. But how's he supposed to know? He's, you know, and maybe a woman in that situation would know that that's what you want, but he's not a woman and he's not reading all of your little cues. He's not picking up on your hints and what that sigh meant and that he should say, hey, why don't you put your feet up and I'll go pick up the kids at soccer? You need to say it. Make your expectations clear. Make your hopes and aspirations clear. Uh, if you want your husband to do something, ask him to do it in a nice way, not in a whiny, demanding way. But be clear about what, what you're hoping for, what you're longing for, what would help you help him help you. Isn't that like some line in a movie? Help me help you. Anyway, help him help you by being clear. And that doesn't mean he's always going to do exactly what you want, uh, you know, but this is the good starting place because I think so many times in marriage, we end up resenting our spouse or feeling, you know, all martyr lady and bad for ourselves and oh, poor me, because we hint at what we want and then we don't get what we want. We, we think he should know that I want this and he should do it. 
Well, it doesn't work that way. If you want that thing, then ask him for it. If you want him to take the kids on Saturday morning and let you sleep in sometimes, ask him for that. Tell him how much it would mean mean to you. Have that conversation. Because so many times I think we have these expectations. We have these expectations in our relationship for what, you know, this ideal. And we hold our spouse up to this ideal. And it's not really fair because then we're holding a bunch of resentment against him. And I'm saying this from my own personal experience because I have done this. Holding a bunch of resentment against him in a way that's completely unfair because you've never even let him know that you wanted those things. And he doesn't know that he's let you down. How often do our husbands just want to please us? Oh my gosh. It's so sweet sometimes how much Dan just wants to make me happy. So why don't I help him by being clear about what I would like? And that doesn't mean it's like a one-way street, but I think far too often we women are good at picking up hints that our spouse might give us or noticing little things that might be helpful for him in a way that men aren't naturally that good at. And that's fine. They're different. Okay. They're different. And they're, they're really good things about the ways in which they're different. So, um, but part of that is he's not going to notice all these little tiny things and you need to make your expectations clear. So don't hint at things and don't be passive aggressive and don't, you know, sit around feeling sorry for yourself um, because he didn't read your mind. Just ask him, talk to him and, you know, come to an agreement together about what can and can't be done and how you can help each other. And I don't know why we're so resistant to this, because even though I'm talking about this now and I sound like, oh, yeah, I've got this all figured out, I'm still terrible at it. So anyway, I'm reminding myself as much as I'm reminding you, make your expectations clear. If there's something that you want, something would be helpful. If something would make you feel over the moon in love with your husband, if he did it, tell him about it. Do the guy a favor. Okay. Number two, this is huge. And we've talked about this here before. Assume the best intentions of each other. This is so huge, at least in my marriage. I know this is a big, this is probably the source of every single bad fight we've ever had is one or both of us, usually both of us, assuming the worst about the other person, jumping to really bad conclusions out of insecurity, out of defensiveness, out of just a lack of self-esteem maybe, and you feel like everybody's out to get you, including your spouse, so important to just pause and remind yourself we're on the same team. He's on my team. He loves me. He wants what's best for me the way that I want what's best for him and the way that I love him. Assume the best intentions. Sometimes this is hard. It seems like the most logical thing sometimes and I've done this, is to assume something really bad and negative on your your spouse's part. Like, oh, he, he said that because of this bad reason. Or, you know, he's out to get me, I know, because of this. Or, you know, he, he said that to remind me of this other thing that's really hurtful. And no, he didn't. You know what? Be very clear about this. If, if you are tempted to assume something bad about your spouse's intentions in your interactions with him, hit the old pause button and then just clarify. You can say to him, and I've done this and I've been really surprised at the results. You can say to him, it sounds like you're saying this. Is that what you mean? Or it sounds like you want this. Is that what you want? Um, not in a you know angry way or a threatening way, but just to be clear, because you'll be surprised that that maybe isn't at all what he meant by that. 
And um, in fact, I had this one uh, guy talk to me after this weekend's talk. And he said that um, he had hurt his wife's feelings in a, a conversation. And even afterwards, he's like, even though, of course, I didn't mean to hurt her feelings. And I felt bad that I'd hurt her feelings. And she explained to me why it hurt her feelings. He's like, I still didn't understand why that it doesn't make any sense to me that she would interpret it that way. And that that hurt her feelings in that way, he said, but I'm just moving on. And yes, wise man. And he said, you know, I told her I'm sorry, and I am sorry, but I'm really afraid it's going to happen again, because he was so bewildered. And, you know, he was just being really honest with me. And I think a lot of times this is the position that our guys are in. And sometimes it's the position that we're in, like baffled by your spouse's reaction to something. And um, so give him the benefit of the doubt. Don't assume the worst thing. And out of defensiveness and out of insecurity, this is where this comes from. And maybe it comes from being hurt in past relationships. Maybe it comes from being hurt in this relationship. But examine what your motivations are. Examine what's making you assume the worst about your spouse and work on that. Work on fixing that bad habit. Because when you get in that habit, it's going to be a cycle of conflict and arguments because everything, everything can be twisted. Everything can be misinterpreted as, you know, being seriously negative toward you. We can do that. Don't do that. It's poison in your relationship when you fail to assume the best. Even if you have to come up with some convoluted, crazy, really hard to believe story about how your spouse has good intentions toward you with whatever he did or said or didn't do or didn't say, do it. Entertain that crazy notion that maybe he really isn't out to get you after all. Like, assume the best intentions. It's really a tragedy, I think, when we do this, when we fall into this habit. And sometimes what happens, and I've seen this in my relationship with Dan, is I'll assume something bad, leap to a bad conclusion, and that will trigger him to do the same in response to me. And well, that's a recipe for disaster. So assume the best intentions. Okay. Work on that. All right. Number three, recognize conflict and the role you play in it. I think too often we, in our personal relationships, fall into like a victim mode. And we just, we get into the habit mentally and verbally, just putting all the blame on our spouse. Like, well, you know, we got in a fight because he did this, because he said that, because he didn't do this or whatever. But recognize that it takes two people to get in an ugly fight together. It takes both of your participations and then don't participate. You know, conflict uh, isn't determined by the person who initiates the conflict. Like you can have your spouse come and say something seriously negative and unfair and mean and awful to you. You don't have to respond that way. You don't have to respond at all. I know it's tempting and it's really hard to rise above situations like that. But I think the more you can kind of analyze the role that you play inside of conflict in your relationship, the more you can control it, the more you can decide ahead of time, I'm not going to fall into that habit. You know, or even if he's in this habit, too, of looking to fight or looking to have a negative interaction, I don't have to do it. I get to choose how I respond to that. And it doesn't have to be negative. It can be neutral. It can be positive, as hard as that is sometimes. But um, also, I think inside of that, inside of conflict, decide, you know, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be disagreements. But 
you can talk to your spouse about this if you're, you know, able to outside of situations of conflict or outside of situations where you're disagreeing. But talk about what's fair and what's not fair inside of an argument. Like, you know, for sure, you got to have some ground rules, like not going to, you're not going to call each other names. You're not going to, you're not going to curse. You can allow each other a timeout. You know, um, this is something that's been, I think, marriage saving for me and Dan, that we realized sometimes in a moment of conflict, and he will be really good at doing this, um, he will just stop and say, I, I need a little time before we, we talk about this or I, you know, and he might go for a drive or, you know, just go in the other room for a while, just hit the pause button on that conversation. Like if you can realize in the moment, like this is not going well, this is going to turn negative. You can say, let's not talk about this right now. Hit the pause button, take a time out, realize that or talk about it outside of conflict. I find this is really helpful to kind of set these ground rules, say, Hey, I think even when we're very upset, even when, you know, we, we're very angry or hurt by the other person, it's not okay to call each other names. It's not okay to be cursing and swearing at each other. Um, you know, set those ground rules. And that doesn't mean you're never going to, you know, run into a situation where one of you breaks the rules, but at least the rules are there. And you can talk about how one of you broke the rules. You know, I think setting those ground rules for inside of conflict is really important. So those are the ones that I recommend. I, um, I say, and this is definitely a rule in our marriage. You're you're not allowed to call names and you're not allowed to curse at each other. You need to both of you be open and willing to have a timeout. Let the other person call timeout if, you know, they need to do that. Um, and also, this is a big one. I remember talking about this in a radio interview not too long ago. Um, this is a, a good rule to have that you're not allowed to use the divorce word. I know and um gratefully, this is not something that I deal with in my marriage, but I know, I know couples where every single fight that spirals downward past a certain point, they're yelling about divorcing each other and they're not planning to get a divorce, but that's really damaging. I mean, don't even let your brain go there with, don't even use that vocabulary. It needs to be out of the question. And if you're not in that place in your relationship, then get the help you need to get in that place in your relationship where you have that security with each other, that divorce is not an option. Um, so I really do recommend that. No D word. You're not allowed to use that. Okay. The fourth tip I have for improving communication in your marriage is forget about winning okay, forget about winning a fight. Because you know, if you win a fight, you lost. You lost because you're a team. You're not supposed to try and win. You're supposed to try and understand each other and move forward together. That's winning. Uh, you know, it's you're in a relationship. You're not like, this isn't like a court case or you're not in a competitive business or you're not on uh, you know, the football field. There's no winning and losing. You can't think in terms like that. And I know I've done it. It's tempting. And, um, you know, some of the most frustrating times for me that I've, I've told Dan, like, uh, I, I feel like this, this isn't even about us anymore. Like you're, you're trying to prove a point and that's all that matters is being right. And that's, that's so damaging to the relationship, you know? Um, and I've done it too. I know I, it's, it's our pride that gets in the way. And it's like, I can't let this rest until I am proven right about this you know, whatever the point is, whatever it is you're arguing about. And you might be right, but (laughs) 
that that's not the point, you know, and, and the point isn't getting everybody to agree to your side or, or whatever. It's not about winning and losing in that way. So get get that kind of mindset out of your relationship. It has no business inside of your relationship. Honestly, um, winning and losing, th- that's, those aren't terms that you should use when you're you're thinking about your your married relationship. Okay, the fifth where is my number 5? Oh yes, okay. Be an active and thoughtful listener. Okay. We know this. We know you need to listen to people, but you, in the moment we forget. Or even in everyday life, we forget even if you're not in an argument with your spouse. We forget to listen. You know, or we're distracted by things or uh, I remember it was very, you know, maybe find out how your your husband likes to be listened to, what makes him feel listened to. You know, I remember years ago being surprised by the fact that my husband was offended that I was like sweeping a floor while he was talking to me. He's like, can you put that down and listen? And I was listening or I thought I was, but he felt that I wasn't because I was doing stuff. And uh, yeah, I know life is busy and sometimes you're going to have conversations where one or both of you is doing something. But Um, you know, making a point, especially if your spouse is talking about something that's important to him to really listen, put, put your stuff down, you know, don't do anything else for a minute, look him in the eyes and listen to what he is saying to you. And, um, you know, some of the psycho books will tell you (laughs) psycho psychological books, the relationship help books will tell you like, you know, mirror back to him what he's saying. And yeah, that can be helpful to especially in an important conversation. And, you know, we mentioned this in, in one of the previous points, like to say, it sounds like you're saying this and and see if you've got it right, you know. Um, but in everyday conversations, I think that can get annoying. I remember once I annoyed Dan because I just read one of those helpful marriage books. And he's like, can you stop saying everything I'm saying right back to me? <laughs> I was like, what? I'm being an active and thoughtful listener. I am repeating back to you your thoughts. Um, anyway, so, you know, I, ultimately what this comes down to is your communication style and your spouse's communication style. Find out how he likes to be listened to. Maybe he doesn't mind if you're you're doing something, but he wants to make sure he has eye contact with you or, um, you know, I, I whatever. You, you're unique individuals and learn what makes him know that you're listening and do those things. It's important. Um, think about how offensive it is to you. And I've experienced this not just in my marriage, but in other relationships, when all of a sudden you realize somebody's not listening. Oh, that's a really unpleasant feeling. Like you're on the phone with somebody and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think she's like on Facebook or something. You know, it's so disrespectful and you want to be very respectful of your married relationship. It's the most important one you've got. It's the rock on which your family life is built. So treat it like that. Be respectful and, and learn how to be a good listener. The more you listen and the less you say, It's such a blessing to your marriage. We women need this reminder because we are the talkers, right? We are the communicators. But I know I more often than not will regret something that I've said as opposed to keeping quiet or as opposed to regretting something I didn't say, right? So let's keep that in mind and work on those listening skills, especially inside of your marriage. All right, last one, and this isn't going to come as a surprise to any of you because I talk about this on the podcast all the time. Last point for improving communication in your marriage is to put away your stupid phone. Put it away. 
have times in the day where you and hopefully your spouse too are putting away your phone. Put it away, like in a cabinet, in a desk drawer, upstairs, in a place that's hard to get to. Make it so you have distraction-free time together every single day. I, It's not impossible. People used to do this all the time, right? We didn't used to go around with phones in our pockets and our hands and on our eyes every minute. We can do this. I, I really recommend, and this is generally what I try to do, um, putting your phone away at dinner time and then not taking it back out. I recently talked to a friend who the whole family does no screens after dinner time. It's just family time. And that may not be a possibility for you. I know sometimes I have to work in the evening and maybe your husband does and maybe you do. Um, but figure out a way that you can every single day have distraction-free time together. Maybe it just means, you know, taking a 15-minute walk where you don't bring your phones with you. Uh, that would be great. Start somewhere, but make sure you have time together every day where neither of you has your phone. It's so weird to me that in such a short amount of time, our culture has come to this place where phones are an ever-present distraction. But I I really want to emphasize that point and encourage you to not be a slave to it. Claim your relationship above and as more important than whatever's going on on your phone. So many of us have ourselves convinced that like we are like brain surgeons and we're saving people's lives and we need to be in communication with our workplace every moment of every day and on call 24/7. Most of us don't have jobs like that, you know. I think about my job and sometimes I feel really like we have deadlines and stuff and sometimes I feel like I really need to be on my phone, like I really need to be available and all of this end of the day, we're, we're making magazines. Like it's, it's great. And I I think it's good work and uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, but it's not life or death stuff. We're not doing life or death stuff. You know, it's okay to have parts of your day that are set aside where you are not connected. And I think, I think not only is it okay, but it's actually really important for your relationship. So those are my six points. Make your expectations clear, assume the best intentions, recognize conflict and the role you play in it, forget about winning, be an active and thoughtful listener, and finally, turn off or put away your stupid phone. Those are my tips, but maybe you have some other ones. I love to talk about communication and marriage. I love to talk about ways that we can improve our marriages. I think it is the most important thing you can do for your family is work on improving your marriage and make your marriage a priority too few of us recognize the importance of our married relationship and the fact that it's the rock on which your whole family life is built. It's your vocation. You know, being a a mom to your kids, parenting, it's really important, but it's just part of your vocation to marriage. It's not your vocation. You are married that's your vocation, okay? So this this relationship is primary and it's the most important one that you have. So recognize that and send me your ideas. What what things came to mind? Um, what helps improve communication in your marriage? I would love to be able to share it on a future show. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Voxer, the link to connect with me on Voxer, which is a super fun app where you can send me a quick voicemail and I can add your voice to a future episode. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in every show notes, <laughs> every post, every episode. 
okay, the show notes for every episode on daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I am very uh, connectable. I am very reachable on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me your feedback on this episode. And I'd love to share some of your marriage tips for improving communication in future episodes. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way that you can say thank you for the Girlfriends Podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production every week. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just $1 per episode makes a huge difference and is a simple way to show that you appreciate and you want to support Girlfriends. I want to thank those of you who already do support the podcast through Patreon, like our most recent supporters, Michelle and Laura. Thank you, Michelle and Laura. And if you would like to show your support too, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to take a moment and thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast every week. You can check out all of their other podcasts and other Catholic media videos and audio. There's all kinds of stuff on ascensionpress.com. You can click on channels there and find all kinds of Catholic media that's going to entertain and inspire you and educate you about your Catholic faith. Ascensionpress.com. Now it's time for some feedback. You know I love your feedback. I'm always begging you for voicemail or email or giving me your thoughts on recent episodes of the podcast or your questions. And this week I want to share a question that I got from a listener. And um, I'm not going to share her real name because she didn't say one way or the other. And um, I'm just not. So I'm going to call her Heidi. Heidi writes, hello, Danielle. My name is Heidi. And I've just recently come across your podcast and I love them so thank you so much. Since I've just recently discovered your podcast, I've been listening to all of your early podcasts and working my way through to your newer ones and enjoying them so much. My reason for this email is I'm just trying to get as much support and information as I can on NFP. I know you've done a few shows touching on this subject, and I'm looking for specific advice, I guess. NFP is so new to me. I didn't realize that certain acts were not acceptable in the Catholic faith in regards to family planning. My husband and I don't use contraceptives, but we were doing something else to avoid pregnancy which I found out is not acceptable. My husband and I are more recently trying to live out our Catholic faith in the best way possible, and we're just trying to go into our new marriage with God in the center of it. But I am struggling so hard with NFP. My husband is so supportive and loving, so he's not the issue at all. It's all me. I've never been a person who felt the need to be a mother. Don't get me wrong. I love babies and holding them. I just never felt like I wanted to be a mom. So the thought that hard as I may try to not get pregnant, there's still a chance that it could happen when I'm not ready. I'd feel more at peace about it if I were in a better place financially for a child. But even at that, I think I'd still be scared. I'd love to hear your advice on this. Or if you know of a place I could get the advice I'm looking for. Thank you so much for your time and all that you do in spreading God's words. God bless, Heidi. Whew. Okay. So... First of all, I'm not going to have any, you know, great solution for you here, Heidi, because it is hard. It is so hard. And ultimately, maybe this will be helpful to you to know that you're not alone in the struggle, that it, you know, I, I am so 
proud of you and happy for you that you are working hard to more fully embrace your Catholic faith and all that that entails, even some of this seriously sacrificial stuff. And let's not be fake about it. It is seriously sacrificial stuff. And especially coming from the perspective where you were, you know, thinking you were doing all the right things and finding out, oh, no, the church actually wants a little bit more from you, a little more vulnerability, a a little bit more insecurity. I understand it. And, you know, this is something that I think is just a universal experience within the church, um, especially for women, especially for married women that this is a big cross. This is a tough thing. And yes, previous generations didn't even have access to natural family planning. And so that meant sacrifices of all, you know, a different, a different nature. Perhaps it meant, uh, you know, in many marriages, there was, uh, you know, forever abstinence once they decided that the, you know, they wasn't prudent to have more children or um, maybe it meant having more children than they would have chosen were it all up to them. And, you know, ultimately what this comes down to is it's so hard to turn this part of our lives over to God, to trust in God with regard to whether or not we're going to get pregnant. And that works both ways. It's so hard. I know um, a particular woman that I'm thinking of right now that I've been praying for who is struggling with infertility and is so, so very tempted to go outside of what the church allows to, you know, try something like IVF or um, other means that the church in her wisdom has said are not licit means for trying to become pregnant. And yet she sees people having success with these other methods and she's failing and she's longing for a child. So hard to trust that to God, to give over our fertility to God in both directions, whether it's feeling vulnerable because I really don't feel ready. I'm scared uh, financially, you know, psychologically, uh, just personally or, you know, whatever it is to have a child and turning that over to God, uh, it's something I have definitely struggled with in my marriage, still struggle with in my marriage. It's such a hard thing to turn over to God. And yet, because it's so hard, I think that so much good fruit comes from this in all other parts of our spiritual lives. Because if you can get this down, if you can trust God in this major whopper of a situation, in whatever direction he's calling you to trust him right now then, you know, that's going to go a long way in every other part of your life in in leaning on God, trusting God, trusting God's goodness and providence, trusting that he wants good things for you. So um, that's not going to fix your problem, Heidi. <laughs> and I understand that it's a struggle. And I understand that on some level, you're probably thinking, this is crazy. This isn't what I thought I was signing up for. This is insane. And I, I completely understand all of that. And I am speaking to you as somebody who has eight children who did not specifically plan to have eight children. Many a time has found me standing in my bathroom, staring in disbelief at two little lines. That's a place where we find ourselves. And, you know, I, I think that that's ultimately coming to terms with what God's plan is for your family, for planning your family, whatever that is. And I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to tell you what, what God's plan is for your family. He has his plan and you need to work that out with him. And his plan is different for everybody. And so I think 
just understand that this, the fact that this is a mega struggle, it's a mega struggle for everybody. It is. And some people talk about it more readily than others. Some people, um, you know, have come to a better place inside of that struggle than where you are right now. You're right at the very beginning. You're at the beginning of growing in your faith, of more completely embracing your Catholic faith and all that that means for your marriage and for your family life. And such good fruit can come from this. And I love that your husband is supportive. And, you know, because some women that they're, they're struggling because their husband is struggling and it, it's a real issue in that direction. So, you know, just pointing out to you the fact that everybody is struggling. We're struggling in different ways, perhaps, but this is a really common situation to be struggling with turning over this part of your life to God, to, to struggle with that. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you the struggle is going to go away and it's probably going to shift and it's going to change during different parts in your life, different times in your life. Um, just, I, I'm going to pray for you, Heidi, and I'm going to invite everybody here listening, um, the girlfriends community. There are a lot of prayer warriors out there. And I, I love that you guys let me know when you're praying for me and praying for other people, um, related to the podcast, but let's pray for Heidi and for her marriage and for her to grow in that trust in God's goodness, for her to grow in her faith that God wants good things for her and that turning over this part of her life as hard as it is, turning over this part of her marriage to God, that it is such a beautiful act of obedience and love and trust, even when it's uncomfortable, even when you're not feeling it, that God's going to bless you for that, that God's going to bless Heidi for that. Um, so, okay, so that's maybe not very helpful, but uh, I think it's important that you know that the, this struggle is something that many people deal with, and you're not unusual because you're balking at it. We all do, and I think you're going to continue to in different ways throughout your life, but such good things can come from this struggle and um, from even you know, being very bad at it and working through that, I, I think. Um, and the other thing, I just want to reassure you, you're talking about all these ambivalent feelings about being a mom. Totally okay. Totally normal. You know, um, some people from the time they're, they're little girls just want to be moms and they're, you know, just uh, super focused on that kind of maternal drive. And other people don't have it in that way. That's okay. God made everybody differently. And he made you with your own gifts and talents, talents and preferences. And um, he knows what he's doing. And if and when the time comes when God does call you to be a mother, just know that he's going to give you the grace along with that to be the mom that he wants for that child, that, you know, I, I understand your ambivalent feelings and, you know, anybody, even the, even the people who are dying to become moms have moments where they're terrified, in, you know, in that whole process of becoming a mom for the first time. So totally understandable. And, um, you know, don't, don't think that that means that God doesn't mean for you to have a family, for sure, those, those feelings. Um, but just, just know that if and when God does want you to become a mom, you'll, you'll, he's going to prepare you for that. And he's going to give you the graces that you need to be the mom that he wants for that child. If, if, and when that happens, it's because he wants you to be the mom to that child. I always find that that's very encouraging in all aspects of like our married life and our parenting life that I try to remember, like, 
when I'm feeling like I'm failing as a wife or I, I'm failing as a mom, like what a mess, like what I, I can't be a good mom to this child right now, or I can't be a good wife to my husband right now. I try to remember that as discouraged as I feel in those moments, God is not discouraged. He's, he chose me um, out of everybody to be that person, to be the wife for this man, to be the mom for this child. And God knows what he's doing so much better than we do. So um, I, I find that that's, that's encouraging because we, we all have those times when we feel like cannot, I cannot. We, we only see our own limitations, but God isn't discouraged by our limitations. He calls us anyway because he knows we don't do any of it ourselves anyway. It's all him. It's all grace. So anyway, um, everybody join me, please, in, in praying for Heidi this week and for her marriage and for her to grow in her trust of God's plan for her and her family. Before we have to go, I just want to share with you some places that I'm going to be because maybe we can meet in person. Maybe your husband and you can come up and talk to me and your husband can very shyly admit that he sometimes listens to the Girlfriends podcast. Um, that can happen if you live anywhere near Winona, Minnesota. This coming Saturday, October 28th, I'm going to be speaking at the women's conference there. Blessed and Beautiful is the name of my talk. And I think they're taking that theme for the whole conference. So going to be an awesome day. I am really looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've been to Minnesota. So if you're anywhere near Winona, Minnesota, I need to look on a map and see exactly where that is because I know where Minneapolis is. But that's about it in Minnesota. So I don't know if I'm going to be anywhere near there. Anyway, I'm going to be in Winona, Minnesota this Saturday, October 28th for the Women's Conference there. If you go to the, the show notes on daniellebean.com, you can uh, click to get more information and to register for that event. Love to meet you there. Um, and then Saturday, November 4th, I'm going to be again with a Together in Holiness Conference, a marriage conference in St. Augustine, Florida. Really looking forward to being there and meeting the couples there and sharing and talking about Catholic marriage and St. John Paul II's amazing teachings on marriage. I love to be able to share that way. So that's going to be at the Together in Holiness Conference in St. Augustine, Florida. Again, you can go to daniellebean.com in the show notes and get all the information about that. If you're interested in having me come and speak at your parish, at your women's group, or if you are interested in having me bring my Your Worth It retreat to the women of your community, you can get more information about how to do that at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking or daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. And if you're interested in the retreat in particular, the retreat is set up based on themes in my book, You're Worth It. If you're not familiar with my book, um, you there's a place where you can request more information about the retreat. And I'll be happy to send you a free copy of the book for checking out if you're considering bringing that event to your parish or your diocese or your community. Again, go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat to get all the information about that. I would love the opportunity to meet you in person. And that's it. That's all the time we have this week. But I've really enjoyed our time here together. And I'm hoping to hear from you in the coming week. Thank you for taking the time to be with me for this little bit of 50 or so minutes. I know your time is precious. My time is precious. I'm very discerning about the podcast I will listen to, what I will make room for in my life. So I am so honored and so grateful that you make the time and that you make the room for girlfriends in your life, in your week. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. 
Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy. Your joy.